reading a passage out of John chapter 7 tonight. John chapter 7, we'll read verses 37 through 39 to begin with. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's bow our heads together and ask the Lord to bless our consideration tonight. Heavenly Father, we praise you this evening. We rejoice in this time that we have together, Father, to consider your word, to enjoy a time of fellowship in considering this word, and then to fellowship one with another, Lord, as we praise your name and worship you. And bring our requests and our needs to you, Father, and just worship. Time of praise, Lord. I, I pray that this would be a time of blessing for us, Lord, that we might take hold of these moments, Father, this time when we might come together as a body and lift up your name one with another. Bless us tonight, Father, and help us to recognize the importance of that. And I ask that you would be glorified in it, Father, and be pleased in all that we say, all that we do tonight. I ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Well, this statement that Jesus made here in this passage in John 7 took place at the Feast of Tabernacles that he went up to uh, kind of on the sly, I guess you could say, after he had been kind of goaded by his brethren to do so. Uh, he did it under his own terms, and I won't go into the account that goes behind this, but there are a number of different considerations that you can take from this statement that he made, uh, that he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Lots of things you could ponder and you know the meaning of that and what that not just what he meant when he said it but what it means to us when we consider the rivers of living water that do flow from us and can flow from us. But tonight just looking at that 38th verse and just what it means to us in that specific spot where it says he who believes in me as the scripture has said out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And specifically, uh, how that pertains to the Spirit there in verse 39. Thus he spoke concerning the Spirit. Now, if you've believed on the Lord Jesus, certainly, as he said, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And this isn't the only place where Jesus talked about that living water that's present in those people that do trust him and have accepted him. Uh, John chapter 6, he makes a similar statement. John chapter 4 and verse 14, I'll point you to that. Uh, piece of scripture where he's speaking to that Samaritan woman by the well. Um, he asked her for a drink and she questioned why he would ask her, but he goes on to say, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, the water that is Jesus quenches the thirst that every individual has to know his creator, to have a relationship with his creator. Whether we lean into that, whether we actually make that relationship come to fruition simply by believing, that's in between each individual and, well, the Lord. But each one of us has that call on their heart. Each one of us has that part of us that wants to know. And Jesus is that presence of that living water that that is, well, established in the hearts of each one who believes. But there's also an outpouring and an outflowing of water uh, that 
Well, it should be enjoyed. It isn't fully enjoyed by all of his people. The flowing of that spirit that we read about, uh, well, elsewhere in Scripture. Uh, He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given. We understand this. Because Jesus was not yet glorified, he says, it's better for you that I go, because if I do go away, the Spirit will come and he will comfort you, etc. Now, that Spirit is present with all of God's believers, but there is a flowing of that Spirit that can be partaken of, where it's an infilling and an outpouring and an infilling and an outpouring. It's kind of, kind of a circle, I guess you might say, in and out and in and out and just a complete and continuous flow that takes place. What is that flowing? How does, how does that work? Well, one element, certainly, as we consider often in this meeting, is the infilling of the Spirit. The infilling of the Holy Spirit is something that we look to take, well, to take that next step in the Lord. We know that it's a work that's separate from the work of salvation. We consider that often. I hope that you've studied that out for yourself, and it's part of something that you've been convicted of. That's something that you're seeking for yourself if you haven't before this time. It's an event that often presents itself powerfully. We understand this. Acts chapter 7, if you want to turn there. We know that Peter said, and you shall receive... Well, Peter didn't say that. The Lord Jesus said it uh, prior to those ones. uh, When when the day of Pentecost took place, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you. And Peter was among those ones who received that power and preached to it. Uh, in this case, in Acts chapter 7, Simon the sorcerer was, was one who, well, he didn't quite understand what this power of the Spirit was, and he wanted it for himself that he might lay his hands on people and they would well, experience that power and demonstrate that power. We recognize that it's something more than just the accepting of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit being in and a fulfilling taking place at that time for everybody. No, there's something more there. Something impressed Simon. When Simon saw that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given, this is Acts 7.18, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And we understand if it was just simply, a, I believe in the Lord Jesus, He's mine, and that was the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Well, where's the power present in that that Simon would be asking for that power? All he'd have to do is just... Well, do what we do when we witness and testify to people. All you simply have to do is believe. There was something that took place. Something that took place in that moment that he said, this is remarkable, this is exceptional. And I do believe it was that speaking in tongues that we see accompanying that infilling of the Spirit so often. Something that's powerful that takes place. It's part of that infilling and then the outflowing of that Spirit. Now, another element that is this Well, flowing of living water, we see, is worship in that spirit. Whether it's in the fullness of the spirit or not, worship takes place and the spirit is involved there. In Psalm chapter 40 and verse 2, Psalm chapter 40, verse 2, the psalmist says, He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Certainly this is indicative and this is an illustration of us coming out of being lost And finding the Lord, he set my feet upon a rock, the rock Christ Jesus, certainly, and established my steps, established a way for us and for each individual to have a path and a race. And in doing so, he has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Praise is part of that. Many will see it and fear and will trust the Lord. We sing, when we sing, it's certainly praise to God. But when we praise the Lord outside of singing, 
Uh, it's music to his ears, you could say, if you want to go with that familiar adage. Uh, when we praise, it's a song in itself to him. Psalm 51, verse 14, Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. And certainly the worst bloodshed we were guilty of was that of Jesus himself. This again speaks of salvation. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, the God of my salvation. The appropriate response when he does deliver us from that. And my tongue shall sing aloud. That says there in Psalm 51, second part of 14. My tongue shall sing aloud or Elsewhere translated, cry out, shout even. My tongue shall shout of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. The Spirit's flow, the flow of that the living water that is, well, tied together with the Spirit that Jesus was foretelling. It has to do with praise. It can flow continually through us. Certainly it can... You know, when we're walking by faith and walking by the Spirit's leading and we're living our life in a manner that demonstrates our obedience to the Lord and that we're heeding Him and His call and His direction for us, the Spirit is flowing out then. Don't get me wrong. There is a day-by-day and even moment-by-moment outpouring and an outflowing of that Spirit, a demonstration of Him, and we're living by faith and that sort of thing. But our yielding to the Spirit does not just... Not just in the day-to-day activities. I lean on that oftentimes, and I, I want us to demonstrate that. I want us to show in our, in our life outside of these walls, always. That's a child of God. That's a child of God. There's no question, because they carry themselves in that manner. But it's not just, well, that outflowing of the Spirit and that movement isn't just when we're walking by faith. It's not just a, a kind of an abstract consideration of worship. It's actual worship. When we're actually together, when we're actually in our homes, it's actual worship. The outflowing of the living waters should, I mean, it should be, well, with my tongue, I shall often cry out, shout of your righteousness. It should be literal worship where that flow comes from. Uh, I don't eat a lot of popcorn these days. I popped a crown off oh, a while ago and I'm just not interested in doing it again. Uh, but popcorn, if you're familiar with it, a little bitty kernel of corn. little golden round, little shiny thing. And it looks dry, it looks whole, it looks intact. But in the center of that, there's a little bit of moisture, just a little bit of water. And when you stick it in a microwave or you put it in some oil on a pan or something, you heat it to a temperature, certain heat. You know what happens when the heat is applied to it, then that water inside is expanding. It's trying to vaporize. It's trying to expand and well and ultimately when all things go well it does pow explodes that kernel and you have that fluffy little piece of yumminess you know whatever the case may be now if it's 100% dry 100% dry and absolutely arid inside of that it just burns up when that fire is on it it doesn't pop and it doesn't become anything of any benefit it just burns as you increase the heat but if there's water in it it will pop and it will actually turn inside out, I guess you could say. You know, keeping with that metaphor, you know, saints, we're under fire all the time. Every day. Every day the heat, the, the fire of trials and the fire of just stuff, of life, is always abounding upon us. We have pressure put upon us from culture, from society, from family life, from stressors, from tension, from all of those things. Pressure is put on to us. In our minds we create pressure for ourselves. We sit and are discouraged or condemning ourselves because we're not what we want to be in whatever, whatever context it might be. 
It isn't healthy for God's people to put a cap or a cork on that flowing water that is the Spirit within us. It's not healthy for us to just jam that down and keep that down and just sit and just, you know, let the fires burn on us. Now, we can never be 100% dry because what did Jesus say? Any who believe in us, in him, not any who believe in me, he says, well, they will have rivers of living water in them. We can't be 100% dry, but we sure can stifle it sometimes. We sure can stifle that pressure. You know, I think I've told the story. I smoked a fire hydrant one time with the fire truck right after I became a new engineer. Big burning house. I barely hit that fire hydrant as we were pulling in and I was going to get water established and all that. And I hit the fire hydrant with my back tire and just went, turned that fire hydrant just enough that it broke the, broke the pipe and all that. And water goes, came burbling out. If I would have smoked that hydrant and just took the whole thing off, water would have shot straight up to the, I mean, it's, Looked like Old Faithful. Looks like a geyser because pressure is built up and it's held back and it's contained. Once it's let off, man, it erupts. It's like that popcorn. That's how the Spirit is with us when we just push Him back and push Him back and contain Him. Whether it's the fullness of the Spirit or whether it's just that we have just been quenching it for a time. I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody. This is just what the Lord put on my heart tonight. The fires build on us and the pressure comes and the heat approaches us from a bunch of different places. And if you find yourself just stemming it, staunching it, pushing it down, saints, it's not healthy, not healthy spiritually. I believe it's probably not healthy for you physically either, naturally, physiologically. It's good to let the rivers flow. When we cry out in worship and praise and freedom in that, before the fires come, we're much better prepared to deal with them when they come. When we just let the water flow, so to speak. When we cry out and worship and praise to the Lord in the midst of the fire, there's that cooling and the protection that takes place because it's always there. There's no reason for us to let the pressure build up until we go pop and just blow up from the inside, from the inside out uh, as the conflicts come. Behold, God is my salvation, Isaiah says. We have received the Lord. We do have rivers of living water within us, and it is available to us. God is my salvation, I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, or Jehovah the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. It's there. Dip in. Draw it out and draw it out. And we don't even have to lower a bucket down into the depths to pull it out. When we are seeking the Lord, when we are in tune with the Lord, the wells are already full there. The pressure is already there. It's just waiting to come out. Let's ourselves do as Isaiah spoke there. Take advantage of the benefit and the privilege to openly, freely, joyfully allow the Spirit to flow. Hebrews 13, 15. I'll just close with this passage. Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Saints, do not forego the opportunity Praise the Lord and let the rivers of living water flow and flow freely. Outside, certainly, but definitely here, where we're in a safe space, a place of fellowship, a place of encouragement and edification and worship to the Lord in fullness. May that be so always for us.